This is Awo Obatunde Ifalolu Ifayemi calling to send blessings over my brothers Ifao Seyun and Ifa Fore for the coming season of their Who Made Y'all Priest podcast. I pray that Arumala continues to bless you and guide you and give you strength, wisdom, and understanding over the topics that you are seeking to speak on for this coming season. I pray that Allah whispers into your ear to continue to carry the message to the masses and elevate them and educate them as to the work that we do as our woes. I pray continued abundance over yourselves and your family. May this platform continue to be a place where you continue to expand and find monetary gain to elevate yourselves, your families, and your lineages, your progeny. May your children find victory and honor and knowing that the legacy that you are setting before them is coming from the work of our woe. I pray the blessings of Awadi Wofun continue to reign over your lives. Just as a woman lot did not return from the lagoon without finding his prestige and honor, may the work that you are doing, raising yourselves up, continue to find prestige and honor brought to your path. Ifa speaks for you through the holy Odu Oshei that the children of a Romela should always step forward with their Osu staffs, that they should never move backwards, never move backwards in what you are doing. May all of the forces that walk with you, bless you, and guide you continue to go forth before you and clear a path and a road to your success. Ire Aiku, Ire Omo, Ire Owo, Ire Ishegun, Ire for all of the blessings, Bogbo Ire for all of the things that you are doing in your coming season of the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. What up, world? We back again. This Awo Fafore. What's going on, good people? This is Awo Sheun. Welcome back to the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast, where we talk about our spiritual journeys, our everyday life experiences, and the issues of the time from the perspective of two people who just happen to be priests. Fafore, what's going on, man? Man, I feel like we haven't done this in like 10 years. Man, it's been, it's, yeah, man, it does, man. It feels like forever ago, man. Man, I'm excited. Season four. Man, listen, we missed y'all. We missed y'all. Season four, man, uh, for the first time in, you know, a couple of seasons, no theme season. So every week it's going to be something completely different, completely different topic. Um, we got a, a new segment that we're going to introduce on some of the episodes, man. We really try to do some different things uh, to bring different information to the people. And we might even be a little controversial this season. Okay. Ashe, I'm looking forward to the controversy, man. You know, I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been looking for the controversy, man. I feel like, uh, that we need controversy to gain perspective. I think, uh, us as a people, we are so emotional that we are unable to uh, have that controversy and still be still be friends, man. We should be able to disagree with each other and still be friends. That's how you gain perspective. So 
I'm looking forward definitely to the controversy. All those people that disagree with us to the front of the line. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? So I was the one, ironically, because usually, like in, in, in regular life, I'd be with it, right? But I was like, man, no, let's, let's not be controversial. Let's just spread love and the information of spirituality uh, in general, but specifically as it relates to us being Christian right. And you was always with it. Yeah, man. I, you know, I liken this to how our relationship is, how you and I can go back and forward about a situation and understanding that both of us are going to leave with something, that both of us are going to gain mm -hmm. some type of perspective. My my type of controversy or arguing with people is a way for me to gain perspective. I want to know what you think and why you think what you think. So, yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to get into it, man. This season is going to be amazing for us. Absolutely. I feel like we're going back to our roots at the end of the day. People listening to me and you go back and forth and debate ideas and opinions is really where this came from. People were like, man, y'all need to have a podcast. And we right. both was like, y'all don't know about all that. <laughs> and uh, then at some point, we're like, all right, let's get into it. So, yeah, y'all gonna, gonna get to see some uh, some controversial things, but inside that controversy is gonna be um, some learning, right? It's gonna be some information. Again, all of this is with the intent for people to grow, evolve, expand their consciousness. Um, but before we get into it, though, hit that like button, share, share, subscribe. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. And um, what we got going on this week? You know, this right here is one of those uh, episodes that, man, we can skip all the small talk. We can skip all of the uh, the preamble and all of the niceties that we usually uh, <laughs> give to the people at the right. beginning, man. This, this right here, this episode, our season premiere, man, is going to be something to talk about, man. I think we're going to ruffle some feathers in this episode, too. I think so. So let's just go ahead and hop on into it and, and bring on our guests. Baba Todd, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, brothers? How y'all doing, man? Good. A boy, old boy, hey, Baba. Hey, Lafayette, man. <laughs> Lafayette, man. We appreciate you uh, coming on and spending some time with us, man. We know you're a busy man, so we appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Hey, man. I, I, this, this this a pleasure, man. I've been checking y'all out with all the other shows. Y'all doing it up. You know, just compliments, man. Y'all been doing a good job. Good job. Yeah, yeah we, we appreciate that. it. We appreciate it. Hey Bobby, can you turn your your uh your phone the other way? Yeah. Oh. So it'll be like ours. Ah, okay. Bob, okay, yeah. I got, I got you. There we go. Technology ain't my thing. I, I admit. <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's not O'Shea Ooms either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as we always do when we are bringing people on the show. We want you to introduce yourself to the family and let them know what it is that you that you do out there in the world. All right. Well, my name is Anthony Todd Jackson. I was given that name by Warren and Bobby Jackson, my mm -hmm. parents. Uh, now, my EFI name, not as long as a lot of folks y'all done had. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just Shango Kayo Day, Ola Ifa. 
uh, I was given the chieftaincy title, the Barashun, which translates to the uh, ancestor communicator. Mm, but uh, vocationally, I, I have been an environmental investigator 31 years now. So I'm looking at some mm. retirement, brothers. I'm getting ready to. I'm getting ready to walk off into the, <laughs> to the sunset. Uh, uh, you know, my, I, I guess you could say, yeah, my vocation has been that, but going into, I guess I'm, I'm trying to see where to start. Well, you know, I'm a graduate of a HBCU, Texas Southern University mm. uh, here in Houston, Texas. I live most of my life. Uh, I went there, got a degree in biology, a minor in chemistry. So I've always been, uh, science has always been my thing. Mm. And, you know, eventually uh, it sort of translated into me into where I am right now. So uh, left a little brief, got two children, married. You know, somebody married me, man, and I had children. <laughs> you know, so... so <laughs> That's kind of me in a nutshell, brother. I'm sure. Right, 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 right. We love to hear it. So you have you have one of the most uh, interesting journeys, spiritual journeys that uh, mm -hmm. that we've heard about. So uh, tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey. How did you uh, get from where you were spiritually to where you are now uh, journeying into Ifa? You know, I always go back to when I was 12 years old. Mm. And I'm a firm believer, brothers, that if you ask a question, there's an answer. God, the universe, will supply you with whatever question you ask. Mm. And at 12 years old, you know, um, the question that stuck with me was, what were we doing before we encountered the white man? Mm. And you just have to understand, I, I was born in the, the 60s, but the, I was raised in the 70s. So, you know, we were going through that black conscious thing, but there was always this whole thing about black people being cursed. Mm. And the church never dealt with it. And I just, it didn't sit right with me. And I asked the question, man, just, just like I'm talking to you all. God, if this is the case, how can you make somebody and then curse them? So speed up a little bit. You know, I get to uh, go to college, still had a lot of questions, got involved with the uh, the black, uh, the, the, the black conscious movements where I started studying Kemet, uh, met some brothers from Kemet. So I was always searching, trying to find more information, but I grew up in the church and the church was something that I would, I couldn't let it go or it couldn't let me go. So. And, you know, I loved the church. It, it, it was a thing that kept me and my brother out of trouble. But all mm -hmm. along, while I'm digging and researching, I'm still a part of the church. So I became, got involved with a lot of brothers. We studied Kemet. Uh, became an ordained minister in the African Methodist Episcopal Church mm. around 1998. Uh, they ordained me as a minister in the AME Church. But still, I still had a lot of questions. Mm. Um, I didn't have the information and knowledge that I have now. Uh, you know, hey, man, I, I love the church. I love Jesus, brother, and I was going to heaven. <laughs> and, but after becoming a minister for about two years, I started to have more questions. 
I just started to look at the condition of our people. And at the time, the, 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 the word was stressed then, it's mental health now. And I asked the question again, what is it that I could do to help my people deal with the stress that they're going through? And my biggest thing was I wanted somebody in the church to tell me what my purpose was. So whenever I would ask that question, you know, nobody had an answer. Nobody know how to deal or, or get to the point of figuring that out. There was no formula. There was no vehicle. So you know, they would always say, well, the Lord, gonna, the Lord will show you, baby. And, you know, that just wasn't enough for me, man. I, I needed more than that. So right. that began my exploration, uh, which led me to studying all types of modalities. I began doing a comparative analysis of all religions. Still in the church now, I still believe that Jesus is Savior. I still haven't changed. I, I started to look at Buddhism, sat with some monks. Uh, I, I really got brave. I started looking at uh, astrology. Mm. I started looking at new, now I was doing this in secret. Right. Because in the church, you know, you do this, man, you know, you, you going to hell. You you got mm -hmm. uh you got a what what's that on airplane? You got a first class ticket. <laughs> and so right. I, I wasn't sharing this with people. And then I started to say, you know, I'm gonna start looking at African spirituality. Mm -hmm. Uh there was a brother who was teaching us uh Metonetia, and he was the first person that sort of gave me. Uh, the idea of putting it in my consciousness that it was something out there called African spirituality. I, I, you know, I still had it in the back of my mind and I self self-conscious that that stuff was evil, man. Them mm -hmm. people were doing that voodoo stuff was going to send you to hell. If you, if you dealt with it, demons were going to come and overtake you. So I, I still had an apprehension about uh, dealing with African spirituality. And to one day, I just say, hey, you know, well, what was going on in my life? Things wasn't, wasn't going like I, I, I thought they should. I had two children in daycare. Uh, I'm paying my tithes every Sunday. But my money is getting funnier and funny. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and nothing against folks pay, pay your tithes. Mm -hmm. But everything that I was taught that I was supposed to do, and I was doing it, it wasn't working on my behalf. And that's not to say it didn't work, but I think it was a part of my journey to waken me and shake me to begin to look at some things and reevaluate. And I also just had, I had a problem with, you know, I had a problem with the whole concept of, of white iconography, you know, mm -hmm. white angels, white Jesus, you know, that, that bothered me and it never sat well with me. And you, you really couldn't have them discussions, man. You couldn't, you couldn't really bring up a black Jesus concept, or mm -hmm. you know, Jesus being a man of color, or you know, the whole thing about you know all the other prophets. How could they be in a land where it was African? Because that that part of that was what we would consider Northeast Africa, and it's nobody in the Bible. It's there's no structures, no figures of anybody that look like me. So 
you know, all that in a nutshell, man, I, I started to, I got brave. I said, let me look at African spirituality. Uh, I started looking at uh, voodoo. Uh, I happened to meet a sister. And, and, and it's ironic. And I go back again. When you ask the question or when you put it out there, God will put you in a position to where those things will begin to evolve. Mm -hmm. uh, Hurricane Katrina made it possible for me to sit down with a sister who was a voodoo priestess. She had uh, she had escaped the flood from New Orleans, came here, and I was able to sit and talk with her. So at that moment, I'm saying, okay, this ain't this ain't ordinary. This ain't by chance. Right. You know, this this just don't happen. You don't make this up. So we sitting and come to find out the sister. I remember the sister telling me how much she loved to go to church. And I was like, okay. She was a Sunday school teacher. Mm. And she was a devout Catholic. And I said, okay. So that experience, you know, that was something that that had me to uh to just put a check mark. Okay, that's 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 mm -hmm. interesting. And eventually I met Baba Pega. Uh he introduced me to the system in V5. And because at this time I was still looking for vehicles and techniques to help people in church. Cause uh it, it, there was no, there was really no vehicle to help our people, man. Mm -hmm. There were no modalities outside of just believe, mm -hmm. and just God is gonna come. He's gonna move up. I want you to sit here and wait till the Lord come. And I don't do good sitting waiting on nobody. Right. Uh, you know, I I want to go to heaven, but I ain't in no hurry right now. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I should always say. Mm -hmm. So my theology, my theory was, I need my heaven right here. So. Mm -hmm. uh, Fortunate enough, I crossed paths with uh, Afalabia Pega, uh, my teacher who's transitioned. And that was the beginning, man, of uh, this whole process of where I am now. Mm. I say, So how was that, uh, what was that transition like from meeting Baba Pega to then becoming a priest? Well, you know, uh, when I met him, I was, I was sort of in a, I guess I was in a, in a depressed state. I, I was really suffering a form of depression, a, a bout with depression, and I needed answers, man. I needed to, you know, you you got to imagine. I was I was a minister in the church, and I was still asking the question, "What is I? What am I here to do? Mm -hmm. You know, what is my purpose here? You know, uh, I got to be doing something, and the time." The short time that I had with Baba Pega, he was able to clear some things up and ask some, answer some questions. And he said to me at that moment, I think this was the second time we were together. He said, you are never to lead a church because you are here to help our people. And I, and I sat there and I was like, uh, I, I, I really wasn't. I said, okay, okay. I, I, I hear you brother. You know, cause at this time I'm, I'm thinking about giving it all up, you know, church, everything, because I'm, I'm, I'm still, my questions are not being answered. I really, mm -hmm. my, my fulfillment of my purpose was not there. So eventually he said, no, you hold tight. You become a priest. Now, when he said that, remember now, I still, I'm out of the church. I said, wait, wait a minute now. 
Oh, bro, you know, I just, I came by to talk to you, man. You know, I, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you finna take me, uh, you try to take me over the cliff. But at that moment <laughs> in my life, I knew that there was something else. Right. And I remember, and I'm not one of them going around, so yeah, God told me, da, da, da. But that small, common voice told me that if wherever I send you, I'm going to protect you. In the beginning, it moved so fast, man. It moved so fast. Next thing I know, uh, Bible came back to here, left, came back to town, and we did the process. And uh, I began to study, and things began to reveal itself to me. It was one of the best things I, I could have ever done in my life. Mm. Uh, I began to see Jesus differently. Mm. I began to see the scripture differently. I began to see the vehicles and the things that were needed to help our people. I so should. now when I see that scripture about Jesus taking the dirt from the ground and applying it to the man's eyes and then telling him to go wash himself, I was now able to see the deeper side of that scripture, mm -hmm. the deeper side of that story. You know, we got esoteric and we got esoteric. Most of our people have been taught to exo. That's the outside. Mm-hmm. But now I had joined the club, brothers. <laughs> you remember sure. that? There is a situation that says, I think it's in, um, I ain't got my Bible in front of me. But when the disciples got Jesus alone, and I'm giving my commentary, they pulled Jesus off to the side and said, hey, man, why do you speak to these people in parables? And Jesus said, and it's noted two times, I speak to them in parables because that's what they understand mm. but for you mm. i talk about the king that those the secrets are the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. so that is what i was able to peer into was the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and from that point it was wide open brother i say i say you know the one thing and, and i don't know why because at this point, I mean, I've known you five years and I always had this question that I wanted to ask you. And whenever it was around, we ended up talking about something completely different and I never asked. And I, I feel like that I was waiting for this moment so that with everybody else, I could hear this for the first time. But as you pointed out that you know, you were told to not leave the church. And despite this transition, right, and this transformation and, and going to Ephi and becoming a priest and going through these initiations and having this new information, you were told to stay in the church. And I always wondered how, how did you kind of juggle the two? Like, how were you able to have one foot in and one foot out? all these years you know it, it it's it's a saying that if you love something it will reveal the secrets to you mm. and by doing that it's just that all the secrets well let me put it like this brother it's hard sometimes for people to see that but i, I was doing my assignment mm. and i tell people all the time because people argue me well you know that ain't of god and, and I would say, you weren't there when, when God spoke to me. 
You mm -hmm. weren't there when I was going through that ritual, that initiation process. And those people in Africa told me, don't you ever leave the church. They didn't know nobody over here. They didn't know my situation. And I always go back to when I came back and I was sitting in the pulpit at a church. And this, this was a guest speaker this day. Uh, and he had some of his ministers with him. So I'm sitting in the pulpit. And a sister sitting next to me, I don't know who she is. I couldn't, if I ran across her on the streets today, I, I wouldn't know. And I remember her beckoning for me to like lean down so she could tell me something. So I'm like, okay. And that sister told me in these exact words, don't you leave us. You are here to help us. Mm. We need you. And she wow. sat back upright, and I sat back upright, and I said, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. And so for the rest of that service, man, she really messed me up. Because I didn't hear nothing else that was said that day or what was saying or what was preached. And I was like, okay, this thing for real. This is confirmation at its highest point. Right. And it also right. began to get me to understand what spirit really is. Spirit transcend, transcends all religion, all dogmas, mm -hmm. whatever you think you got that's better than somebody else's. I, I, I started to say this, let God be God and everything gonna work itself out. There's For even sure. a scripture in Kings that says, the thoughts of God are not your thoughts. The words, the ways of God are not, is not your ways. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. Basically what that is saying to all of us, you don't, you don't know enough. <laughs> right. To act like you got this thing figured out. Right. And you know, so I'm, I'm really still juggling with the two, but the more and more and more, I really become, the, I come to the place where I can really see what the true essence of Jesus is and what he was really about. And I began now to see, if you wanna say ephi, which is the wisdom of nature, I began to see it in scripture more clearly. Mm. I have been reading things for years until I started to get to this place in my life. Now it opens up. To me, it's, it, it's similar to, and I'm not putting myself on those people's level, but. It's on the level of Benjamin Banneker, where the story goes, the brother wrapped himself up in a white sheet and looked up at the sky. And then the skies began to reveal the secrets to him. Mm. And we, we still use that brother's almanac to the day. Right. It, it, it's similar to George Washington Carver's conversation in relationship with plants. When his brother say, they talk to me mm. and I mm -hmm. hear. And so when I pick up that scripture, when I pick up that Bible, I can hear my ancestors. I can hear the spirit of God saying, no, go back and read that again. Uh -huh. So now when I see Jeremiah and he's talking about, is there a bomb in Gilead? He's asking the question, is there a bomb in Gilead? Now, what is a bomb? A bomb is a medicinal package to help heal the people. Who prepares the bomb? 
the root workers, mm. the hoodoo workers of the community. Mm. He was asking, go get me a root worker. Who I'm, I'm going to use that, the medicine man. Right. And also in that script, uh, Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is a real, it's Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, are some real esoteric books that people, I think people should read and ask for a deeper understanding. It's also Jeremiah, while the children of Israel were having issues, he said, go get me the mourning women, the wailing women, and also get me the cunning women are the skillful some of the older the older versions of the bible say cunning so when we break that word down it talks about the sorcerers mm. the women that so why would jeremiah mm. be asking about go get me the sorcerers right go get me them witches and after studying and meditating i say that's the ei me mm. That's a group of women that know how to make things manifest more than anybody else. Why would he request them? Right. Why would he ask for them? Jeremiah said, man, we, we got to get something done. I can't, I can't have them little, <laughs> I can't have them little stale prayers. I hey, bring <laughs> right. sisters in, you know, go find them, bring them in. So, you know, beginning to look at scriptures and dig, you know, it began to open itself up to me. And I'm not saying I'm the only one that opened, but that's how I can see what my life had been before. Right. What it is now, the, 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 the revelatory information to be able to see when I go to Africa and see that Bible out at Eonifa and how they work, it's the same thing I see in the Old Testament. Mm. 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 I love it. You know, we, we started off this uh, this show saying, you know, hey, this is going to be a powerful episode. Right. And, uh, and you came with receipts. <laughs> you, came, you came with scripture. So, you know, well, I want to say people can't argue that, but, you know, some people will find a way. So what we want to get into is that, you know, African spirituality is demonized, uh, especially here in the West. And is demonized particularly by people in the black community who are descendants of those who actually created it. Um, you know, we have white clients. I know uh, most of the other priests that I know of, they have, you know, white clients and clients of other races. And no matter what it is they believe in, they're going to get those divinations. They're going to get those readings every month and the whole nine. And they're going to you know, abide by that. Meanwhile, the people who are the descendants of those who created it are rejecting that information. You know, they, they want to have no parts in that. So let's get into our favorite uh, part of Ifa, uh, Oshayun and myself, which is divination. So mm -hmm. uh, speak to us about divination, uh, particularly as we can find it in the Bible and, and kind of debunk this whole idea that d divination is forbidden or witchcraft, things of that nature. Divination was done all throughout the scripture. And, and I know this is a sensitive thing, 
it was done all throughout Israel. But the thing was, it was only to be done by the priest class, mm -hmm. the Levitical priest class. And if you looked at a lot of times when Israel was saying, kill those or don't go among those other people, remember, they were living around, among other folks, living next to the Philistines, living, living next to the Canaanites, uh, living next to the Hittites. And those folks over there had divination also. So in Israel, the divination was, they were a small group of people. So they wanted divination only to be among themselves. The, uh, the type of divination that the children of Israel practiced, the Israelites practiced, they used the Urim and the Thummim. It was two stones, a black one and a white one. <clears throat> the high priest carried it in his breastplate. And uh, whenever there was something for him to do, uh, we know if you ever go back and you read scripture, there's over 43 different times where it says, and they inquired of the Lord. When you break that down and you go into the Hebrew, my Hebrew ain't good, brothers. So I speak Ebonic, but it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a word that says salat. That one word takes care of that whole sentence and it denotes a form of divination. Mm. So um, whenever they inquired, they did divination, but you had to be a part of the priest class. You know, you couldn't be hanging up no sign over there on the corner and you doing divination. Ain't nobody gave, you know, authority. You, you finna get your head whacked off. Right. And another thing is we have to look at, remember, like I said, divination, they didn't disallow divination, but they just didn't want certain folks doing it, especially women. Women were not allowed among the Israelites to take part or have anything to do with divination. Now, let's be honest. The Bible is written from a male chauvinistic perspective. Absolutely. Women are looked at as a second class group of people. Mm -hmm. uh, there was there was a scripture. I, I, I call, my, call myself bringing notes, brothers, but uh, <laughs> it's in it's in Ezekiel. Where it says, permit not a witch to live. So if you caught a witch, you were to kill her. Mm. And I want to say that's Ezekiel 28, y'all. It'll come to me. But when we look at the Hebrew, the translation of that word, it it, deal, it starts with an M. It's like Makadesh, which means no feminine individual can divine. Mm. No feminine energy or principle. So what that is saying is, we don't want no women divine. Mm. Women can't divine. Because in some cases, they were probably better diviners than the men. Exactly. So what, what the people would do, and this is why I say, when we talk about rightly dividing the word, being a workman, rightly dividing is looking at the history of this, this, this Bible, taking that context. And we're this, this, this was never shared with me about divination being rich because what you get is is ritual is demonic now am i saying go out tomorrow and everybody go find them a tarot read card read up start no i ain't <laughs> saying that because some of these folks got game <laughs> right you, you know it, it they, they they not they not justified in, in what they do 
Now, also the definition of a witch, in some cases, dealt with those that were unauthorized to do work. Mm. So we say, see, we see how witch takes on a lot of different uh, uh, definitions according to the culture. But there was divination done. There was, in some cases, the high priest. There was also what they would call magic or ritual. If a woman was found to be committing adultery, and you can find this in Numbers, uh, Numbers, the 25th chapter, the husband could take her to the high priest. She would stand at the door of the tabernacle. The high priest would take his urine and throw him in divine. Then he would take water from the goblet that he had blessed and he had prayed on. Then he would take dirt from the floor of the tabernacle, put it in the water, do a concoction, do some chants, then make her drink it. Mm. Before she drank it, she would have to say amen three times. Now, if she had committed adultery after drinking this, her thighs would swell up, her, her stomach would swell up and her thighs would waste away. And if she was pregnant, the baby would be aborted. Now, if oh, she boy. didn't commit adultery, she was good. Now, that sounds like some serious, <laughs> serious ritual work going on, brother. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's real African science. That's real African spirituality that's taking place. But it was only to be done by the high priest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's divination has always been there. So whenever you say they inquired of the Lord in judges, you know, whenever the, they said the angel would come, he said I would. Who, who was it in judges? But judges, the sixth chapter. These are the sixth chapter, the twenty-sixth chapter, y'all. I got my receipts now. I'm tonight, <laughs> we believe you. And, and, and he said he wanted to. The Lord wanted him to go in battle. And he was like, Lord, man, them folks out there. I don't know. You gonna have to give me a sign. And he says, Go inquire of the Lord. So what did he do? He say he took down his wooden table, his wooden plate, set it down. That sounds like the opon. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Then he took water and dripped it on the opon and watched the direction what happened on the wooden plate. After reading the signs of the water, it was determined that he should go to war. Now, that's mm -hmm. divination. Man. That's divination. <laughs> you know, there's another story of Joseph. The dreamer, you know the story of Jacob tell everybody's dream. Mm -hmm. When you look at the story, when his brothers came to visit him in Egypt, and the father had died, and they were going back home, and Joseph was trying to find a reason to bring them back, and it's a long story, but he put in their baggage a divining cup, so that they could be brought back. Mm. It was a goblet. Now in some, some verses, it just talks about a cup. But when you dig deep and you ask for revelation, 
it was the same cup that Joseph used to tell people's dreams. What it was is he would put the water in, which was a form of divination, and watch the formation of the water. And he could interpret that and then give signs. Mm. This is another form of divination mm. that took place in the Old Testament. So it's not to say that divination didn't take place in the Old Testament. Right. You know, I like to say that our people gave the foundation for that divination with the binary code, the 256 Odu, mm. you know, which is what our computer system works off of today. Without it, me and you wouldn't be talking on this device. Right. Because they use this for computers. And, you know, so if, if we want to look, somebody will say, well, well, you know, with Todd, man, that's, that's way back then, man. Ain't nobody doing that today. Uh, you remember the story when Judas died? You know, he killed himself. He was one of the disciples. Right. So that brother needed to be replaced. So it's in Acts. Uh, it's in the Acts when the first or second chapter, seven verse. It said that they casted lots to find a new disciple. Right. And the lots fell on Matthias. So Matthias became the new disciple. So again, we're still dealing with an organization of men that have been taught these skills. Right. This was after Jesus. And I'm, I'm finna infer something right here. I feel like I, I can infer something. <laughs> okay. There was a story of Jesus. You remember when the woman got caught in adultery and all the men brought her to Jesus? Right. And it says Jesus stooped down and he began to mark in the saints. In that culture, in that region, the type of divination at that time was geomancy, and it was marking in the scene. Right. Now, you know, yeah, don't give my address to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but some will say, well, Jesus don't need to do that. But yeah, but Jesus did rituals. He could have spoke stuff. And in that marking in the sand, in that region, we saw a lot of the people that were part of uh, Islam today that still mark in the sand. Right. They do geomancy. Right. Uh, some, some of the traditions of those people that come out of Ethiopia that are practicing Coptic Christianity, there's a form of divination. So in that area, in that eastern area of Egypt, they still do uh, the marking in the sand. So uh, that's 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 a little bit that the scripture has revealed to us. I say. Uh, you know, I, I know some people are going to be hurt. Feelings going to be hurt. But you know <laughs> right. what? At this point, we are people that are in disrepair. Mm -hmm. We are people who, like Jeremiah said, is there not a bomb in Gilead? You know, is that not something to help us? Everybody else around you is using the thing of your ancestors. But the sad part is they got you scared to do anything or even look at it right. or yep. to use it. You know, the Catholic Church in, in conjunction 
with Arizona State or University of Arizona, somewhere in Arizona, they have a particular temple or location where they study the skies and the stars. And they make their determination on how they going to move. They have a priest assigned to the location, which I think he just died a couple of years ago. So they had this big, and they don't announce that stuff. Mm. It was real quiet and they brought in his replacement. You know, if you look at the weather, that's a type of divination. Right. right. Every day, every morning, this watch that I have on my arm, it's a type of divination. And what is divination? It's peering or piercing into the future. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, man, everything has been associated with our people being demonic, uh, which has really scared us from doing anything, Right. which has scared us from understanding who we are as a people. You know, I, I, I look at I look at the Chinese people and I, I don't know if this going into another area. How every year. They have a big ancestral festival, right? Where they go, to, I mean, the country, bro. They go and clean the graves. They put flowers on the on on the ancestors' graves, and they and they do a ritual. But see, it's these terms that have scared the hell out of our people. Mm-hmm. Because when you say go do a ritual, they think you finna summon up <laughs> bells above or something. Right. But a ritual is prescribed. Prescribed. Uh, ceremony. You brush your teeth every morning. That's a ritual. So where is our? And I think the Chinese call it the quantum. You know that quantum. You know I'm, I'm Ebonic, but the cool right. starts with a Q. <laughs> where is ours at, man? Right. What? What? When do we get together? Once? Yeah, we get together for Juneteenth. You know, but it's a concerted effort to say I'm. A, I'm gonna leave mom. I'm gonna leave me, Ma, and Papa some flowers. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna leave me, Ma, and Papa. Uh, I'm gonna cook them. I'm, I'm gonna put leave a table, a plate at the table. Nobody sit in it for me, Ma, and Papa. Right. But you, but you know what? Chick Fil A will. It's coming Memorial Day. Your favorite restaurant. They're going to leave a chair with a plate, silverware, and a cup. For those soldiers that have transitioned. Wow. Now, so that's ancestral veneration. And they so Christian, they won't, you can't even get you a, a chicken sandwich and a waffle fry on a Sunday. Thank Man, I'll be looking for them to be closed, <laughs> bro. They be shut up on Sunday. <laughs> right. And, and, and so, you know, we, we we look at that, and the people with all the power that have left all of the things for everybody to use won't use it because they've been scared. I say they've been distracted. Right. You, t- you tell my sisters, every time they go in the nail shop or the weave shop, and that figurine is sitting there at the counter mm-hmm. or at the door, whether they be Korean, Vietnamese, Chinese, you look up in the corner, and there's something honoring their ancestors. Right. See, it's something off with us because see, now we have empowered somebody else's ancestors. Because right. now you are doing a ritual. You say you don't do. 
Because now when you drop the money into that cash register, when you give the money for that service, you have just venerated their ancestors. Mm. That mm -hmm. is from the esoteric perspective. So you doing it every day. You know, you, 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 you driving down George Washington Boulevard. You know, you, you, you passing by the monument, Abraham Lincoln or whoever confederate. Mm -hmm. We down here with all the, uh, the Sam Houston's, the right. biggest slave traders, illegal slave traders that were, but you venerate them every time you go by that park because that's energy. And that's right. what we don't understand as people, the energy uh, by being in those. And they're always at a four way stop. But that's a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you mentioned uh, ancestral veneration and how uh, other cultures venerate their ancestors. And that's another thing that seems to be taboo uh, amongst our people. As you just said, it seems to be blasphemous in uh, in Christianity and seen as demonic and witchcraft but i'm familiar enough with the bible to know that most of the uh famous or most of the uh the heavy hitters in the bible were always accompanied with uh their lineage they were always accompanied with their lineage uh the lineage of jesus was important it was important so wasn't ancestor reverence uh or at least an acknowledgement of a person's lineage important to uh, Christianity and to the Bible? When we look at the situation, you remember when Moses died and then there was new leadership to take over Joshua mm -hmm. and they were getting ready to cross, <clears throat> I was the Sea of Galilee. And what he did is, is he told every every tribe 12 tribes grab a stone and take this stone once you cross over and let's set up a memorial when you go and you dig deeper into that the memorial was for their children to remember the ancestors mm -hmm. because it was for when they ask us what does this mean we can tell our children where we come from and what we did now there's right. also there is a it's a word called teraphim t-e-r-a-p-h-i-m i got that one brother I, I <laughs> that one. the teraphim is a an idol it could either be as a statue or it could be a full body figure and it is it, when you break that word down in cycles, it goes to where it means Elohim and it means ancestor. And what these people use for it is, was a, they call it a household God, mm. where they would take it into the house in remembrance of their ancestor and set it up sort of like in their shrine or whatever, and they prayed with it. So there has always been an ancestral reverence, an ancestral uh, 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 working, uh, ancestral calling. You know, there's a um, the, the particular story of the witch of Endor uh, in First in First Samuel. And this particular story was the king Saul. Uh, he was supposed to fight the Philistines, and 
kind of going back on, remember there was a law that uh, all witches that were found were not to be permitted to live. Mm -hmm. Basically any woman that was a, um, was a diviner. Right. So there was a law in the land after all the false prophets sort of been killed and Saul needed some help because he first went to the high priest to get him to divine using the Urim and the Thummim, and it said that God was not speaking. Mm -hmm. So this brother, let's check it out. He said, mm -hmm. I need some help. <laughs> so he goes outside of the neighborhood. He goes outside to a woman or the other people and say, look, I heard about how good a work you do. I need you to do some work. And she was like, man, you're going to get me killed. <laughs> it's a law out there right now, bro. Right. It's a prohibition. Are you tripping? Yeah, you're tripping. You, you, this is a setup. That's, this is a setup. <laughs> and uh, But now, pause in between that. Always remember this. Whenever there's a prohibition about something, mm -hmm. whenever there's a law that say don't do something, that means it's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. That means it's widespread. So when he went to this sister and she did the work, he needed a message from the old King Samuel on what to do. So she did the work. She looked at it. And it came it called up samuel it called him from the dead to get a message that hey man you gonna go in that battle you're gonna lose bro you're gonna die all right and, I, and i'm really pissed that you calling me from the other side and but the thing was after that and when she did the reading the spirit told her go ahead and kill a calf and feed them and give him somewhere to stay so I said to myself, man, and all of that anger that she wasn't supposed to be doing the work, the spirit world said, give him some shelter. Right. Feed him and his men, which to me is African, man. You mm -hmm. know, we're we going to give you somewhere to stay. We're going to feed you. We're going to give you some hospitality. Now, tomorrow when you go out to war, you're going to die, Negro. I mean, <laughs> that's a hell of a session. Right, right. That's a hell of a counseling session to go to. Yeah, you're going to die tomorrow. Yeah, you will die. But we saw that that work was done mm. and it was being done at that time. So we can't deny that it didn't take place. Right. So I know the question of the conversation would be, well, we shouldn't be doing it now. If you choose not to do that, fine. And I want people, I don't want everybody going out, running around at the, somebody would they, they say, I do readings or psych. No, because there's it, some people out there with no integrity. Mm -hmm. You know, find you brothers. Y'all got integrity. Find other people that don't preach and in OIDS how to have integrity. And ask yourself, God, should I go? Should I get direction? Uh, because there's a lot of people in church that are that are saying don't want to leave church, but they're not getting the answers that they that they're looking for. All right. They're not getting the direction that they're looking for. They're not getting the purpose. Uh, they're not finding their purpose of what they're here to do, uh, wh where they're here to go. You know, there's another story, man. I got Samson. We're all familiar with Samson. Mm -hmm. His mother was trying to have, a, was trying to get pregnant, was trying to know when to, uh, to, 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 
to get things done. So her husband, um, Mananoah, it says the angel came to him and he said he went and inquired of the Lord, what should we do? Take a small young goat and some grain and let, and let the blood of the goat spill upon the stone. What does mm. that sound like to you? Yeah. And what, what does the stone symbolize? The stone, you know, they say them people over there praying to rocks. Our people had this figured out years ago, centuries ago. Right. They understood that the rock and the stone held the memory. When you, when a geologist want to find out what was taking place then, how old the stone is, he's going to dissect the stone because the stone holds the memory. Mm -hmm. What's in the, in the chip of your computer? It's mm -hmm. a chip. It's a stone. It holds the memory. So, you know, it, it's a, Ephah has revealed and opened up things to me to where I am. A, I say I'm a better Christian. I say. Hey, I love Jesus even more. Mm -hmm. I, I I can see it. I can see Christianity in this its truest essence. Because what did Jesus say? I'm gonna make this simple for y'all. Hang all the law and the prophet on these two. Love that love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, heart and love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm. It's 613 commandments that people was trying to live by, man. Right. 300 of them was supposed to be pro use what you do. 200 of them was what you what you don't do. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus shook up his society. You know, when he turned over the tables, you know what that really was about? Jesus was pissed off because people travel far and near to come so that they can make their sacrifice. And so the guys that were selling the doves had jacked the prices up. Mm. So now the poor people were not able to purchase their dove and do their sacrifice. Mm. So can you imagine you, you, you coming and you looking forward to do your sacrifice at the temple, but you can't get a bird. So now Jesus just pissed him off. So he went in there tearing up stuff, right. <laughs> shaking right. stuff up. That's what that's about. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the true essence of what we have, African spirituality deals with nature. Whether it's Ifa, Voodoo, Condomble, Leukemia, mm -hmm. uh, Paolo, it deals with nature. And that is the thing that our people have been, hij that has been hijacked from our people. Mm -hmm. It's just understanding the essence of nature. Understanding that, hey, I'm depressed right now. I don't feel good. So I say, look, go sit outside barefooted and let the sun hit you in the face. Mm -hmm. That's nature. Right, so I'm going to say, and then I'm going to give you a scripture for you to chant. That's part of therapy and the, the mental health. And then if you're really feeling bad and depressed, I'm going to give you some scriptures and I want you to go take a bath or a shower and I want you to invoke these scriptures and then thank God. And people will come and say, Pastor Todd, man, 
I feel so much better. Right. So now I know where I am now. I know where. So, you know, people saying whether they agree with me or not, hey, man, go get you some beer from somewhere. <laughs> right. You, right. You know, I, I know I've seen the change in people. And I'm not doing no blood sacrifice. I'm giving them the thing that our ancestors used when they came up out of Haiti, when they came up out of the islands and ventured along Florida, the coast of Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, and we call it hoodoo. Mm -hmm. When they took those scriptures and the man said, go wash it, when Jesus said, go wash yourself, they doing the same thing. Go wash your hands, go wash your face, go mm -hmm. wash your head, and invoke these scriptures. Mm. Right. And ask for what you want. Because, you know, I, I, I'm at this point, man, I don't care what my people were using. I don't care what they sacrificed. I, I, I don't care what kind of tech, what the root man did. You know what? Because it is because of that that we're still here. Exactly. If we begin, we got to quit looking through the, looking at them through our lens mm -hmm. and look at their lens. They were under an oppression. It was about life and death then, man. Right. You know, you, you got choices, but they didn't. Yep. So when you were on the plantation, which always had somebody that worked the magic, and so you Negroes love to celebrate on the first. You eat your chillings. Mm -hmm. You eat your, your, your fried chicken. But see, the, the first of the year was a terrifying moment for that woman with children and that man with a wife because that was the day that they separated families. Mm. So what did he do or she do? They went to the root man and give me a binding ritual to where my children or my husband won't be taken from me. Mm. Now that's who the one-on-one. Right. Yeah. Am I upset about No, because I would do the same thing to keep mine. Right. So my thing is we need a different perspective. We need a different respect. We need a different honor mm -hmm. for what we call African spirituality, whether it be hoodoo, conjure, root work, because that's the thing that enabled us to still be sitting right here and having this conversation. Without, without it, and I'll argue this with anybody, mm -hmm. any scholar, with what we were up against, no other people would have survived. Oh, most definitely. Right. No other people would have survived. Right. So to me, our spirituality was given to us by God. Our ancestors did what they did. And the genius of it, is they knew what to use, what to put together, what to say with it, even after they have been separated from Africa, after they had been separated yes. from Haiti, after they yes. had been separated, to come here and to be able to look in, at those, we would say them bushes, right, <laughs> and to see what I can pull and then boil or then make a Make a say, you know, even in the Bible, Hezekiah took some figs to extend his life. So he took some figs and he made a pace and he did a prayer incantation 
put it over his body and his life was extended. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing our people doing, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Old Testament ain't no different from our people. That's what it's about our survival. Right. You know, my, my people in Mississippi used to call it a toddy. When you got sick, they would go get something, put it together, probably put a little Hennessy in there. Right. A, a little, little Johnny Walker in there. You drank it. You would sleep good, baby. Right. Whatever was in you coming up out of you. Right. So, you know, even today, you got to know which herbs to put together for what. I go back and I say this again. When you love something, it will reveal its secrets to you. Hmm. So nature, spirituality, whatever the case may be, if you in it, it's going to begin reveal the secrets to you. Mm-hmm. What you brothers are doing, the more and more you in this, you begin to, the, the, the wisdom of nature begins to reveal itself to you. I see. You begin to see things that you didn't see. I, I see. see things now in the scripture, in Ifa, even on the news, even in a stone that I didn't see 10 years ago, brother. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's all a part of the process, the, the evolution of the true essence of spirituality, not religion, not dogma, you know. I see. So that's how I've been able to, to, and I've been able to stay in the church because I understand it. And it was a process I was growing. I was evolving. And I know my people are not comfortable with that. A lot of people are not comfortable with me. You know, I, I'm I'm not, you know, let's don't get it twisted. I ain't welcomed everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. they be having stuff and I I don't get invited now. Right. So, uh and it and it's that's the brainwash, that's the trauma that has been put upon our people. Right. And you know, for a person in the church to come to me and say, you know, Pastor, I just want to know what am I here to do? I hear myself over 20, over 20, 30 years ago asking the same question. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I know what I'm here to do. I know my assignment. And, and also I can know my maturity now because what you're saying about me don't bother me no more. Mm. Right. You know, I I I I hear the whispers. I I, I hear the list stuff and see the little shade you throwing on Facebook <laughs> about me. I see that. Hey, baby, I, I know what my old do is. I say. I know what they told me in that little old bitty dirt floor in Africa. Them little old people over there that we pro- they probably wouldn't give much respect. They gave me the answer. Mm-hmm. They reveal what Jesus said. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I, I ain't got all of them. Mm-hmm. I sure got enough right now to do what I need to do, baby. <laughs> I say. I say. Right. <laughs> I know I've just been flowing, man. I don't know if this was y'all, how y'all wanted to do it, man. But Hey, you know what? You know, we, we let the spirit move how it need to move now. Yeah. Right. You know, who are we to get in the way of that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, one of the things that you talked about was uh, 
Man, you know, you're going to have me go back and read the Old Testament all over again. <laughs> right, so I, right. I read the I read the Old Testament several times. You know, I had a lot of time to sit still, so I could uh I had the time to be able to read the Old Testament several times and even uh, as an adult, I've read the uh the Old Testament and never got out of it what you've just given to us. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go back and read that Old Testament again. But you brought up sacrifice. You brought up what we call Ebo and talking about blood sacrifice, sacrificing goats and doves and things like that. And now if you talk to Christians, they'll tell you that uh, blood sacrifice is no longer needed, that we don't need blood sacrifice anymore. So that would be one of the differences between Christianity today and Ifa and in Ephah, we still practice blood sacrifice, and in Christianity, they don't. So is that one of the large differences uh, between uh, Christianity and Ephah, or should Christians still be practicing blood sacrifices? Or Speak to us about you, that. You, you know, wherever you are, I, I don't think they need to sacrifice, do blood sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I don't think people, like everybody in Ephah, need to do blood sacrifice. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some instances, you know, you reroute the herbs. Um, uh, you know, I guess for each situation and, and how people are taught, uh, I'm not going to get against them if they do do blood sacrifice. Right. right. Uh, you know, man, shoot, we got the Jews at every young compur up there in New York twirling chickens around their head. They still doing it. Uh, uh, and, and it's working for them. Uh, some Japanese mm -hmm. Shinto, they still doing it. Um, so um, African spirituality practitioners should be respected if that's what they choose to do to help themselves and their people. I'm for it. Mm, uh, sure. Now, over here in the church, you know, I'm not going to say Christians need to go do uh, blood sacrifice, but they need to be doing ritual mm, of right. some sort. We need to get back to what the church of God, amen, uh, Bishop Mason, he believed in, uh, now I know this is controversial but the brother did the hoodoo i mean you the, i think we should people in church should use scripture understand the use of scripture which some of them are already doing they taking the songs they're using the songs you know uh psalms 91 man that's the biggest uh songs for uh, uh what is it uh exorcism mm -hmm. <laughs> exorcism and um and all kinds of work of releasing and letting it go. So uh, blood sacrifice, you know, I, I don't have no problem with, with people in Ephi doing it or power from spirituality. Mm -hmm. But if a brother and sister in, in the church decides they want to go over there, I'm at the point now, brother, my people are in the dire straits. Mm -hmm. Yes. We need help. We are, we are in a spiritual you know, the art of war say you done already lost when you don't even realize you're in the war. And our people don't realize they're in the war. Mm -hmm. We are in a spiritual war, a war for our minds, our ori, for our essence of our soul. Right. And so if, if you over here and your thing is, is it just pray and believe in Jesus? Mm, yeah. If it's over here in E5, contemplate, do what you do. But be the best Christian you can be and stay out of other folks' business. Oh, man, say that again. Trying to tell them what they're doing right and wrong. 
in our neighborhoods, man. You know, I just excuse the friend, but I we going to shits. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at our schools, my, my wife and daughter teachers, and the stories I hear about. I'm I'm, I'm looking at our neighborhoods. Where where's the economic base? You know, right. we're looking at our families, we're looking at the prison industrial complex. We're looking at all of this stuff, but you're gonna argue with me about a scripture? You're gonna argue with me about what you think is right and wrong? Where's the bomb in Gilead, bro? Mm. Where's the medicine to fix our problem? Right. I don't have a problem with the Christians on this side doing what they do, the Muslims on this side doing what they do, African Ifa on that side doing what they do. But damn it, man, do something. Right. You know, just don't get up and say, I'm going to believe and I'm going to wait on the Lord. No. This is about being proactive. Mm -hmm. Every time Jesus did a ritual, when he took the dirt from the ground and he spit in it and then put it on the man's eyes, he said, now go wash yourself. There was something proactive in that ritual. Right. Some could say, well, Jesus, God could have just spoken. Yeah, he could have. Or Naaman, when Naaman was told to go wash himself seven times in the, door, in the dirty Jordan River, and he almost didn't do the ritual because we know what they say about people that don't complete the ritual. Mm -hmm. You finna bring more havoc, man. Right. So go. We need to, we need to get back to the place of I just say when he, I believe in ritual, and when I say ritual, I believe in using these scriptures. And, and I'm speaking to my my Christian brothers and sisters, using these scriptures and understanding the power that God within you. That's really across the board in our system, Ephi, mm -hmm. Christianity. When we talk about the Ori, you know, there, there's a category, and I know some people in Ephi get pissed with this. The Orishas ain't it. Ain't it. The Orisha is not it. Mm -hmm. It's your Ori, your ancestors. What does it talk about? The Orishas come to assist your Ori. Right. Mm -hmm. Even in the Bible, it says the angels came down, but they didn't do nothing. They just came to assist. And that's a whole nother story, brother. I'm working on writing <laughs> something about the angels, the Orishas, and the ancestors. I said. They are angels that are listed for every scripture to come and assist you. Mm -hmm. To come and work for you on your behalf. That's just like Orishas. Right. See? Exactly. What, what, what you talk about over here in the church, you really, there is no difference except in the church we put money on the altar. E5, they may pay, put EJ, some blood on the altar. That's the only difference. Mm -hmm. Everything else is the same. Right. Right. But we have been confused by those that oppress us. Don't you go over there and talk to them. Don't you better stay away from them people that they call root workers? Don't you don't you venerate your ancestors? Don't you leave? Don't you leave? Don't you set up no day? So on Juneteenth, all y'all gonna get together. You're gonna play spades, dominoes, you're gonna eat some barbecue. But that would be the perfect time 
for you to begin to memorialize your family, mm -hmm. to begin to speak about having a blueprint to where your family go. Before I knew anything, man, about Ifa or Risha's, that was the first thing I began on this exploration is understanding my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And if we got time, I'll give you a little short lesson that really kind of shifted me into saying that, hey, this is something about this. You know, we were always taught you don't, you don't, you don't commemorate those that went on, or, or you know, you, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't say nothing to them, or you don't say a prayer. But the first time I knew ancestors was real, I used to have this job when I got off at four o'clock in the morning, mm. and I used to take this dirt road home. It's now in Houston, everybody know it as the Beltway 8. Mm. It wasn't built then. We're talking early 90s. And it was this one stop sign, man, on this dirt road. And I said, Jim, why they got this? I never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> For two and a half years, I never stopped at the stop sign. I would, matter of fact, sometimes I would just like, I'm going to get fast and blow through it. This one particular night, man, I was coming through, getting getting probably within about a mile of that stop sign. Within two and a half years, I had never seen another car in that area but me because it's 430 in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's a back road. Right. And the voice said, Todd, stop at the stop sign. I hear the voice. You're like, okay. I'm getting closer, but I haven't broke down my speed. And it's saying, the voice gets louder. Todd, stop at the stop sign. And so about this time, shoot, that looks like somebody was sitting next to me. Right. Wow. And I'm getting closer to the stop. Now I can see the stop sign. And I haven't broke down my speed. And the voice says to me, and it screamed as if, you know, somebody, a woman, it was a woman's voice sitting next to me, Todd, stop. And it was just something in me. I said, okay, I'm going to So I hit the brakes, bro. And I remember slowing down up to the stop sign. And for that brief moment, I got the glimpse of a red vehicle that shot by it had to be going by the 80 or 90. It was moving, bro. Wow. And it shook me up. I sat there for a while. Because ain't no way I was going to make it through that. That was death. Mm. As we mm. said, Ifa, that was Iku all around. <laughs> all around you. Now, you. You know I had to throw them jeans away. They wasn't no more good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, you know, I later on, Ifa revealed to me that, that was my grandmother on my mother's side. Mm. And she speaks to me consistently, you know? So that is the beauty of what Ephi has done for me to mm. be able to reveal. And now, I, hey man, whenever I go to Mississippi, I, I'm saying something from the, for that for that grandma. I'm, you know, on their birthdays, man, I cut a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the ancestral energy, has basically saved my life. E-Fi has saved my life. Mm, I, was, I was in a state of depression, brother. It wasn't going good. I was on a job that I hated. My health wasn't good. 
My blood pressure was at stroke level. And to be able to empower mm. myself with this information, with divination, with ritual. Mm -hmm. And some people hearing this for the first time, and they probably going to be done with me. But you know what? That's all right. right. Good, right. baby. I'm good. Right. You know, uh, and just to be able to empower my family, I've used this to raise my children. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about Arishas and understanding the personality. I knew how to raise my children because they weren't like me. You know, you, I'm, I'm dealing with an Obatala and a Yemoja in my house, and then a Yemoja Obatala in my house. I got to kind of deal with them with a little soft blood sometimes. And you know, Obatala folks kind of soft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and me being Shango, I can't go with all that fire, bro. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so I, it, it really has helped me. We've used that. I've used that to track how my daughter should go to college, what jobs, profession she should be in. And her life is smooth, man, as compared to mine when I had all those questions, trying to figure out what I was going to do, spent all mm -hmm. six years in college, changing major two and three times. Yeah. My son is in a place, he's in position college, everything is working smooth. I ain't saying life don't happen. Right. But this, this puts the ball in my corner, man. Right. Man, I love that. You know, this, this gives... You know what this does? What's that, Bobby? This gives me the answers to the test mm. before we even go in to take the test. Right. <laughs> and and right. that's what I go back again to that what Jesus told his disciples. I got to talk to them people over there in parables, man. Mm -hmm. But for you, I'm going to give you the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I say. And we thank, we thank my ancestors. I thank God. I thank Jesus. I thank you far that I got the mysteries, man. Hey, you know what? And Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. Mine too. I say. Hey, Jesus, if you, that's why I tell Chris, if you follow what Jesus said mm -hmm. and do, oh, man. Because it's <laughs> intertwined with a rumor life. It's about destiny. So when you go up to say, I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. What does that mean? That mm -hmm. means that now I accept the consciousness of Jesus. I accept the God in me that's leading me to understanding my purpose and what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to be about the business of doing it. And the right. same thing with a rumor lie. When I hit, when I tap it on that old pond, a rumor lie, lay pink. Hey, baby, mm -hmm. we. We in business. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so hey brothers, I, I don't know, man. Question. Hey man, I, I got all night, man. So man, your God brother, <laughs> your, your God brother now are Luo to clown me because he heard me say uh last season that uh Jesus was my personal Lord and Savior, because it was through reading the Bible and Jesus. I always said I didn't believe in Jesus, but I believed what Jesus said. And it was through Jesus' teaching that was like, oh, I do believe that I can do everything that Jesus did even more if I just have faith. I just got to go to the place where they actually teaching people how to be Jesus. Yeah. And I found that in African spirituality. Right. I say, I say, you know, right. Jesus, the thing that always stuck with me when Jesus said, um, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Mm hmm. 
And you're supposed to do greater than me. And I've always said, now how do I do that? That was the question I asked myself in church. How do I do that? If I was able to reveal something, like I said, mm -hmm. showed me it empowered me. And I say we could change as a people. We our, our situation could change overnight. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. With the snap of a finger. But you can't go around demonizing and vilifying other folks that you what, what what's that song, Stevie Wonder? Uh talking about stuff you don't understand. Superstitious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's what has happened to our people in church. Right. You sing and dance, your service is just like that of African spirituality. Everything you do is African spirituality. Even in your verbiage, in your motion, everything. But you have been confused and you have been hoodwinked. Let me rock and land it land on us, y'all. Right. I say. Well, Baba, we think we'll get you out of here on that one. Okay. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Like, we, we knew this was going to be uh, a special episode and a great way for us to start off the new season. It, you know, this season going to be a little different. You know what I'm saying? We're going we gonna to turn up the heat a little bit. And, right. you know, you definitely helped us do that. And we greatly appreciate it. Hey, this man, was a blessing. I, this was a blessing right here, man. This is a, like I'm telling you, you really gonna force me to go back and reread the old testament all over again with new eyes, with new consciousness, and mm -hmm. all of that, man. Because just from the things that you've told me, I've never gotten that out of the old testament scriptures. Never. Uh, but that's because I didn't have the perspective of Ephah. And now that I have the perspective of Ephah, I can go back and look at those scriptures all over again. You know, I'm of the understanding that uh, how similar Jesus and Orumala are, how similar those consciousness, uh, how similar that consciousness is. I understand that. Uh, but those things to be able to attach Ephah to uh, the Bible, attach the Bible to Ephah, that's amazing. And I think that that's the way that we're going to be able to reach people, to teach them that there's no difference. This is the same. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, you don't you don't have to leave Jesus if, if you want to do your fire. Right. You know, I, I had a sister that was a she was a priestess and had grew up in the church of God in Christ. And she was feeling some kind of way. We come to find out her ancestors didn't her ancestors were cool with her being an E5, but they didn't want her to leave the church. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that that's that's another thing. So, brothers, hey man, mm -hmm. I I pray, man, that this that uh, your podcast expands one hundred times, and you know I, I'll leave with this saying: the more you know, the more you can see. Mm. So the more, the more you elevate in this, mm -hmm. the more you elevate in your craft. I say, the more it will reveal itself to you. So, I say, I say, hey man, enjoy it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Baba. Hey, family, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, season four is gonna be a little different, you know. Um, may even be a little controversial at times, but I think it's through through that that controversy, through that chaos, 
is how we're going to force people to shift, to change, to elevate, to grow, to evolve. And so that's where we feel like we're being called to, to go. So, you know, that's what we're going to provide the people with. So, uh, man, season four is definitely going to be a treat. Again, we, we thank you for tuning in. And I just want to leave you with this. Um, we all came here for an experience. So have the experience. Live life out loud and on purpose. Don't forget to like, share, and, dis- and subscribe. We love y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.